Welcome, Welcome to another edition of the Mexican, Mexican Soccer Show. Oh, look, that's us. Live <laughs> from Los Angeles. Live, man. We're live. It's in pretty exciting. This is not us. Oh, <laughs> welcome, man. welcome, welcome. Oh, you know what happened is I took the clip from yesterday thinking it was the intro, and I'm like, hold on a second. That's a very long, long anyways. Uh, unfortunately, so we're, we're not having micheladas. We're not no. having listeners watching us in person tonight, but <laughs> I, 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 I am so, I am sipping on water and hanging out with my cat. That's exactly the same thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to Mexican Soccer Show. This is what happens when I'm put in production uh, for a little bit. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, so, yeah, we can go back into the, and see what was happening back there. This is legit. Look at us. This is our first big production set. Look at that. That's not the whole video that's there. All right, all right. Welcome to the uh, Mexican Soccer Show. I'm Wiso Vasquez with me to my left. Can we do like that whole like... Hi, Owen. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> it's Owen, and my light just went out. Owen, Cesar, and Carlos, welcome, welcome. A great hour of Mexican football. Let's start with Owen. How are you, buddy? Really good, Wisa. Great to see everyone. Um, I suggest, I think it would be cool maybe just to keep splicing in small clips of that live <laughs> event last Wednesday. Now, throughout the rest of the show, I think you've started it. You've got to finish it out, right? That's true, right? Um, just, but just, do, just a just suggestion. Not, good, good. I don't have the last say on production here, but. <laughs> my two cents uh glad to see mr cesar back yeah. uh, in san diego got to spend three days with cesar last week with all liga mx awesome man how are you doing yeah, back man. back not back, home back home like i said uh yeah no no michelada as a live audience tonight but uh at least it's still a live show though and then getting to hang out with not only you but also owen and also uh carlos which i believe if i'm getting this right is it Am I pointing? Yeah, there. Am I pointing the right direction, or is it that? No, way? Oh, hey, there we go. There we go. There. there, go, there. there. Like, yeah. is it? What is it? The Brady Bunch? Is it the? <laughs> I <can't>... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have pointed. I, I would have pointed, but then I had Carlos, and I was like, "How am I going to do this diagonally? <laughs> the diagonal point? It's like if it's it's like like a struggle one. Like, yeah, it's I here, think. It's here, oh, so. no. There. oh no, no, no. Yeah, I had it like there. First. there we go. There yeah, we're having way too much fun with this. Carlos, welcome back. You haven't been on. You went to Japan. You had surgery, right? I mean, there's so much that happened, Carlos. We're just the whole show on what's going on with you. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. Uh, there's a lot coming on too. Uh, I'll, I'll be happy to share some stuff with you guys soon. I yes. hope. Oh, um, cool. But obviously, the the first thing that is coming, uh, at least with us in, in Telemundo, is the qualifiers. Uh, yes. Both both the Mexico, uh, the Costa Rica game, and the Panama will be on our air. So. Getting ready to to get geared up for for those qualifiers. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Saying hi already to Giovanna, who's uh, who's waiting for the, ho the host. She's always on. Alex, Zeke, and Jehais. Yeah, all right. Yeah, hi, 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 everybody. We have a backpack show today. We're back. Everybody is back into their, in their houses, in their homes, in their studios where we're at, and uh, we're gonna be talking all about the World Cup qualifying, right? So, yeah, yeah. So, shout out to Cesar, ex-player from La Banca in Watsonville, California. There you go, Cesar. Oh, yeah. Awesome. There you Someone go. Someone knows me about, yeah. About <laughs> wow, my pickup day is over in the Watsonville area. Dang. Dang. All right, all right, guys. Um, really quick, for those of you that I that, uh, got to see last week, awesome, awesome. So many people came up to us from the community match to ACTA Charlie event. It was just really, really cool. Um, to see everybody and thank you thank you for those that came out to the live show we apologize some people are like i thought you're gonna have you know some like speakers and we were able to listen to it and we're like oh man maybe we should have we should have done that but it was a lot of fun cesar i know i had a lot of fun i mean i had an absolute blast we got to hang out with the cooligans we got to talk to some medio tiempo we got to talk to some tmj athletes uh what was his name who i can't believe I forgot, sergio right who runs uh, uh what is it the the, the restaurant slash bar yeah, yeah, so that was a, yeah, it was an absolute blast, and of course, got to go to the Wednesday event too. Got to hang out with Fernando Fiore. I mean, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Fernando Fiore, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> he is, oh uh, man, there's, there's a reason why, and he's he's all over the place. I thought I had a lot of energy. Fernando Fiore has a lot, a lot of energy. <laughs> Carlos, you, you, I'm sure you met him in the it's all right. I actually, um, we used to play together on Saturdays. Uh, yeah. he, he has a pickup game with with some older people, and they call it the Golden Years League. Um, my dad was part of that, and I would go and hang out and play with them for a little bit um, until I they decided I was too fast for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was relegated to go play with my friends. 
Well, there you go. But anyway, see you. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. All right. Uh, let's get right to it. Right. So actually, Lou's saying, who went to Los Bukis with their moms? No, not I. Don't have. Let me I think, think. How much think, were the tickets, right? How much were the tickets for that thing? I don't know. Like, it seemed pretty. Like, I, it must have been really expensive, right? They were playing at yeah. SoFi Stadium or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were playing. So I did not. I did not go. So, um, yeah. I think Amy's mom went there. Yep. Really? <laughs> Amy's cool. saying a billion dollars. <laughs> she got a shirt looking into her, uh, her oh, social media. Yeah. She got a shirt from her mom. From uh, She got so We're there. All right. Qualifiers, we're here. Owen and I, right before this, we're saying, like, this is the World Cup is here, right? Like, it's 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 actual World Cup, and yeah. somebody's saying, well, it's not till next year, but right, the World yeah. Cup finals is next year, but the World Cup has started, so you can say we're in World Cup territory already. A lot of people have a misconception because of that, and here we go. Um, it just felt like we just played a couple weeks ago and lost that final, and we're already in World Cup qualifying. There's we're gonna be talking all about the call ups. So lots and lots and lots of news. So here we go. Get your questions ready. I don't know where they're at. On the chats. Well, you know, we'll be we'll be putting them in there. And uh yeah. Somebody's making some dishes out back there, I think, for or there's some pans and pans that I'm hearing, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we'll happens. All right. Let's 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 uh let's first go into what is happening with the qualifiers. And as you can see, we're gonna put in here is the schedule that we have. Uh, for this Thursday, September 2nd, September 5th, and September 8th. As you can see, all of those games. And ultimately, uh, Carlos, the octagonal, you know, used to be the hex. But now there's obviously eight teams. What's the big storyline? Not necessarily just Mexico, but as far as the schedule, are teams worried about so many games? For example, three games in a span of a week the traveling and, and all of that. Like, have you heard anything with that? Or on a personal note, do you think it's going to affect this uh, this octagonal? I mean, besides the fact of still dealing with COVID and all the restrictions mm -hmm. that we've been seeing, and especially a team that I thought it was going to be really impacted, it seems like it's not going to be as bad. Like Jamaica, who has a lot of players in England, and England was not letting them out. I particularly like that there's eight teams. I feel that it's it, there's some sort of justice and fairness to the fact of having some teams that should be there competing for that, and, and they allow them to have that possibility. You still have the same amount of tickets, so at the end of the day, it's technically the same. But having to pack those three games, at least it gives you a, a, an idea of like, well, I was able to rack enough amount of points to then have a cushion. Because before you will come play one game and then leave, because having only six teams, Sometimes it was like, okay, we'll go play one game and then everybody go back to Europe and then come back and then go back. And, and those things that actually affected because first you couldn't rack as many points because you were mm -hmm. only playing like one or two games and it was all of a sudden you had four, four points in, in, in a span of four months. And that pressure actually got into your head because you come to the next you know, round of Hex and you were like, wait, I tied two games. I only have two points. Like I might be out. And I think this is going to help out mentally for the teams that actually are able to get wins to have a little cushion and, and face the next the next date a little better yeah yeah i think what stands out to me too is especially with those eight teams like it's and i've talked about this in previous pods but like you can't take most if not all these teams lightly like it's quite obvious mm -hmm. we saw what el salvador can do you know we've seen that honduras they can traditionally like make things difficult obviously the us and canada you know they're really making uh, things tough for mexico you know costa rica panama jamaica like you can't take any of these teams lightly yes obviously we expect mexico to be uh, in the top three we expect them to directly qualify for the world cup but it's it's gonna be rough it's gonna it's gonna be interesting i, I hope it is rough i hope I mean, this, i'm proven wrong i, I hope it's kind of like i'm split between it's gonna be tough because they're always tough but i like it's not a costa rica that we're like oh my gosh we yeah. we were scared of it's not a Panama that we've had better Panamas before. Honduras is not in a good place. How many times have we said that during World Cup? No, no, true, true, like, true. Yeah. We, they're, they're always good teams, right? When we're like, you know, in Costa Rica in 2014, that's fine. But as far as, I don't know what I remember saying, kind of like, this is the weakest CONCACAF we've seen outside of Mexico and U.S., right? Because I don't see a Costa Rica that has, you know, a Brian Reese, in, you know, ready to go on his, in his peak form. They're still using him. You know, Keylor Navas, obviously, a key, but can you tell me another player in Costa Rica that, that you know, is 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 better than one of our players? 
Well, the, I think Costa Rica is going through the same process uh, as Panama is going, where it's it's more of the same generation, right? Exactly. It's still It's still the Brian Ruiz, the Celso Borges, the... Um, uh, they call it Kendall Skipping. Watson. I mean, they're, they're... exactly the yeah, Brian Oviedo. Brian Oviedo, like it's it's still the, some some of the same players, but they still have a lot of you know a lot of experience. And True. to me, to me, the biggest thing and and being there for those games in the past in, in qualifiers past, you they, those environments you they always take a toll on you. Uh, I've been to El Salvador. I've been to Honduras. Mm -hmm. I've been to Romel Fernandez. I've been to El Nacional, El Estadio Nacional in Costa Rica, and you know those environments take take a toll on you and to me that one of the things i was saying about like how uh, how good this usa team is that we see with all these players are in europe they haven't faced these exactly. kind of this kind of, of places and i feel that that's going to be the real test because it's not about being being good players we know they're good players you you know you see every week the pulisic the reinas the, Mc, the mckennies like how are you yeah, doing qualifiers different. but when you have to qualify when you have to qualify and you have to perform in el salvador and el cuscatlan it's not the same thing and the same thing happens yeah. for the mexican national team i mean when you see that you're going to be able to you don't see it as much on this call up particularly but when you're going to combine those players in the olympics with the ones and that have already been in the roster you still need to go to those places and scrapping a point with everything that it involves between the field, the environment, the other team, the refereeing, like it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And, yeah. and, and, and that's always what a lot of people take for granted. That's the and big it, it, yeah, factor ahead, here. I think. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it plays into what Carlos was saying. I think plays into, I think the two big overarching points here of the whole qualifiers. And I think they both end up favoring Mexico. I don't think it's necessarily going to be easy for Mexico in these qualifiers, but they have two big advantages. One, talking about the United States, for example, you've got all these players playing in Europe, Canada to a lesser extent as well. A lot of guys who are shining at the top level in Europe. Both of those teams have never gone, most of those players and their coaches have never gone through a World Cup qualifying cycle. Then you could look at El Salvador, you could look at Costa Rica. Okay, El Salvador doesn't have the experience and Hugo Perez took over in April. Then you've got Costa Rica, maybe some of those players have the experience Luis Fernando Suarez took over in June, right? So you've got yeah. a lot of situations where, you know, Panama, the coach, hasn't gone through a World Cup qualifying cycle. A lot of these teams are untested. Tata Martino hasn't taken Mexico through a World Cup qualifying cycle, but he has taken Paraguay through, and he has some experience with Argentina in a World Cup qualifying cycle as well. And then obviously a lot of the Mexicans with that experience. And then secondly, this idea of playing three matches per FIFA round, I think is something that favors the, the United States and Mexico, ultimately. The two teams yeah. that are most able to rotate, that have the deepest squads, the deepest pools, you're not going to be able to play the same players for three games in all likelihood. So being able to rotate and still field a strong squad, I think is something that's going to really favor Mexico and the United States yeah. as we play out these 14 games. I mean, well, we're about to, we're, I'm sure we're about to talk about it soon, but you look at a perfect example like a Jamaica, where yes, they're bringing in some noteworthy talent from abroad, but because of COVID restrictions, some of that noteworthy talent isn't going to be able to play up against Mexico. And when you look at some of the alternates, they, it's just it's just not the same Jamaica. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the same Jamaican side that's at, at full power. And when you look at Mexico's roster, yes, I mean, there looks like, you know, there could be some players who are going to be missing. We already saw someone like Johan Vasquez is going to be available, but I still think that there's a decent amount of depth here in relation, at least in comparison to other uh, CONCACAF opponents. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the rock, roster next. But an overall, your feelings about this World Cup qualifier cycle is what I want to get at. Like I said, I'm I'm not necessarily saying this is going to be an easier cycle than other times, but kind of like Owen said, there are some favoring factors towards Mexico because of what's happening. Um, at the same time, you know, there's I, I again I don't see those players outside of the U.S. and maybe Canada going you know you know with with a, a better generation that's in but I don't fear a Honduras that have that have, that has that we feared in the past in you know in Honduras again it's still going to be extremely hard but there were times where you could say you you know we could lose it you know down there we lost many times you know in in Central America um, the first game you know against Costa Rica. Uh, it's not going to be a full stadium. I think it's only 3,000 fans that are going to be there. Mm -hmm. At the same time, that's also favoring, you know, and even there's not yeah. going to be any fans in, in, against the Jamaica game. But um, we'll see how, you know, COVID kind of goes in there. I know it's a full yeah, stadium right. in Panama. Believe me, I got I got a friend over there that's, that's, that they're ready to go there. And it's and it's going to be crazy. And I think, but it's, again, it's not the same Panama that we're seeing from, from other times. So 
I don't know what to say. Like to predict because it's the quali- World Cup qualifying, it's it crazy. Win at home, tie in the road, you're good. Uh, you know how we normally had the magic number, Carlos, of like you got to win 14, get 14 points. Yeah. I don't know what's the magic number this time around. I don't know. It's it's <laughs> like the new League of Mikey's like season. It's just like what is that magic number now? <laughs> is, it, is it 17 points? Is it? However, we can. But so. you, you you have to add. Uh, how, how many more games are you playing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> normally we're like, all right, let's get to this magic number. Before you you were you were playing you were playing exactly you were playing 10 matches before, mm-hmm. right? Now you're playing 14. So that means it has to be like 20. 20 points will be the, the magic number there. Magic, to go 14 was the magic number always. Uh, Legend Fernie saying, good thing we're going to face weaker Jamaica squad first game because they'll have their best players. Uh, this best players on for Panama. So, yeah, this, let's see what's saying. The Central American teams don't have fans come to the stadiums. They don't think we'll struggle. I don't think we'll struggle. I think it's still going to be hard. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, but I, I don't know where I'm at in that. So, um, so yeah, saying hi to, to Sergio Tristan who's saying – Oh, you're making going firewolf. He's really everything he's been saying is about. And then us, us, and us, us dressing in black and green is not helping his motor yeah, either. Just the firewolf. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Sergio's coming, making sure the day it happens. Uh, yeah, saying hi to everybody. Green jerseys. There's a relate. Yeah, there's a little bit of connection there, right? Was <laughs> it green and gr- green and black? It's like, I'm not helping him with the green. And black. By the way, is that the what train? What year is that training jersey? Uh, 2007. Carlos? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I. You know why I. All of a sudden, I saw like, I saw Pardo in it. I saw like, like it's weird. Like it just gave me flashback of even of even Nettie. I don't know. I don't know why. It's like it's like as soon as soon as they signed uh, with the three stripes after the 2006 World Cup. I think this was uh, the this this first one. This is the first. One. I went to the closet. And I'm like, which one is the one that I can wear that looks like the most like oh unique? I was like, oh this. Owen's wearing the 2018 one. I'm wearing an old Navy 2016. (laughs) You know what I I thought? I I really thought it was the new, the the new Rosa Mexicana one. I I came so close to buying, like, I went to like some Adidas outlets and I saw that they had the Mexico jersey. I was like, oh my God, are they going to have it on sale? But it was $90. I don't know. I just, I don't know. All right. Next time I see you, I got you. We'll get you. This is a chance for Mexico to get points and build cushions. So we'll see. All right, before we talk about, actually, you know what? We'll do that at the end, a little prediction of how many points we're going to get. Let's talk about the uh, the call-up, right? So just kind of snuck up. Everyone had their call-ups on Thursday, and we're all waiting to see when Mexico's going to do it. You know, the days of Piojo, um, you know, telling us that it's going to be the day, you know, we're going <laughs> to release it tomorrow at 2 p.m. You know, we don't know when it is. But here they are. Um, I'm trying to squint and see how we have four keepers. Carlos, four keepers? I don't mind the four goalkeepers. What I don't like personally, and this is this is again a personal preference, is the fact that we don't have anybody under 30 years old on those four yeah, goalkeepers. Agree. Uh, I feel like at this point, either Amalagón or Carlos Acevedo or even Jurado mm-hmm. should should be on on those and that group because chances are you're not gonna get to him when you have to play. I mean, here it's more than obvious that it's either Memo Choa or Talavera if you decide to start either or and you're in pretty good place. But if you're going to call Jonathan Orozco and Cota, I mean, not that they're not good goalkeepers, but I feel like it's time to start making that transition. And especially yeah. if you already have goalkeepers that kind of went through the, you know, to the reps of a, of a national team, even if it's at the U23 or the U20 level, you could start, you know, bringing one of them in. The four goalkeepers, I don't mind it because, you know, it's always God forbid something happens and then Memo gets injured. And then at that point, you're one player down. And yes, Talavera will be the next up. But then, what happens if he gets a red card, right? Like you can, yeah. you can never be just like hanging there, having you know, having a player have to step in if, if you're short. Yeah, I was. Is it because of the three games? Is it you have two for two? You know, I think that could be it because it, it was kind of odd that we have that. You have that. There are some players missing. We'll talk about that. But let's. Oh, and the defense: uh, Araujo, Gallardo, Montes, Ramirez, Rodriguez. Uh, I can't read Jorge Sanchez and Pulveda, Johan Vasquez, who's not going to be there. And I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. I think more, more or less what was expected. There were, there was talk before the call up that Salcedo wasn't going to be there and he's not there. I think Vasquez now being injured throws things up in the air in terms of what the center back pairing is going to be for as much flack as they get. And I think in a lot of cases it's deserved that Chuck and Gallardo get, I think they're going to be the starters at right back and left back. Um, Gallardo has the most minutes, most matches under Tata. 
Chaka's third there in minutes played under Tata Martino. So both of them are the clear starters in those positions. And then at center back, you were looking, okay, you'd have Vasquez and then potentially Nestor Araujo partnering him. I think now that Vasquez is injured, potentially you could see Araujo move to left center back. He's played there some for Celta Vigo, was just playing there this weekend for Celta Vigo. And then you could give a chance to Cesar Montes. I think that mm -hmm. that would be what I would favor. We'll have to see what he does there. But I think there's not a lot of mystery at right and left back, especially at left back now with Arteaga uh, potentially banned. We don't know exactly what's going on there, the reasons why he wasn't called up, but he's not there. So there's not a lot of competition for Arteaga, or excuse me, for Gallardo at left back. In those circles of Arteaga, let's just get it out. I mean, what's surfacing is that uh, the the coaching staff isn't happy that he declined for the Olympics for personal reasons. Uh, Carlos, you know anything else? It's just kind of what's been said, right? No, that's what that's what it was, and especially because you're skipping on both tournaments, right? And and there was no like, I feel that like there was not a good clarification on what those personal reasons were, because otherwise they'll mm -hmm. you know they will be favored. They still need Why to not? respect the player's decision, but if it, it seems like the 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 coach the coaching staff and and the federation overall or in, the people in charge of the national team felt that. You know, there was there was a little bit of like not wanting to go more than yes, I actually need to skip because of whatever was happening. And that's where I'm just kind of like, I think all the players have been like, hey, I want to focus on my up here. You know, be better. I'll be ready to go. I mean, there's no communication there. Was that I always feel that there's somebody that not communicate the reasons why they're not in the national team, or they didn't want to, or something else is happening. There's every cycle, and it's things because the is doing great. I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, and especially since like I really thought that there was a chance he could potentially surpass uh, Gallardo at that left back position. I, I, I would still probably have Gallardo as my left back, but I think Arteaga was like one, two. I mean, yeah, maybe even just one good performance away from really becoming like a go-to starter in that position. And now the news would be, when's he coming back? Is he coming back? Is he going to throw a fit? Is does this teach him a lesson? <laughs> I, I I've I've heard again. This is not confirmed. This is just you know the, the gossip I heard was that it's not a permanent. It's it's not a permanent ban. It's just kind of like oh well, you don't want to come when you come. It's kind of like what they like did a slap to, on the wrist, like a slap on the wrist. Yeah, it was kind of like what they did to Charito and Bella for missing the Ulster game. It was like oh, you don't want to come. You're not playing the Tráfico. Same thing. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> that's, it. that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I didn't miss it because I wanted to, but I guess I, I'm here. So it's like guess, oh, it's yeah, you're still not playing the traffic. Commentating. Track. They were at the skills challenge. There's, uh, I'm sure there's some sort of TV obligation there. I mean, like, oh, te and technically Ch Chicharito's here, like Fox and through the other. Don't worry about it. Like <laughs> <laughs> King Luis Reese said, I don't understand how uh, Angulo, Llorona, and Reyes didn't get a call up. Okay, Reyes. I think it, he, I think not... it's Salvadorias. Yeah, okay, maybe Salvadorias. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm I'm excited by Salvador Reyes, but I think I don't know. Like would would I throw Salvador Reyes immediately into a World Cup qualifier? I I'm not sure. I do think if Salvador Reyes though continues to play at the level that he's playing at and really excelling with America, then yeah, I, I think it's only a matter of time before he gets a call up. Um but yeah, I'm not I don't know. I'm still not entirely sure. I, I feel I know like keeping an eye on him over at, at Cholos like I don't know. I'm, I'm still not and, entirely. And yeah, there's one thing that yeah. there's one thing that can't get missed, and it's the fact that yes, we saw these players play in the Olympics and the U23 national team. They did great against another two U23 players and the Olympics with U U23 players. It's not the same going into a senior team. Exactly. So there's a little bit of that sometimes. Like you do feel they're doing well. Obviously, they play every week in the national and in their in the league, and and then you see them and then you see them excel. But there's still that little, you know, worry that eh, I don't know if he's ready at that point. So, yeah. we'll, so we'll see. For for sure, yeah, Carlos and and Cesar, we were having that discussion on the show a couple of weeks ago as well. It's not only it's not the same to be doing really well at the Olympic tournament, but also <clears throat> it's it, that can that can get you a ticket into the squad, which it has for a lot of those players. I think there are eleven players from that Olympic team who are in this call up. Obviously, you have to take into account some of them were already senior members of this national team. But a lot of them hadn't really played much at all for Mexico, period, mm -hmm. right? Had maybe played one game, two games maximum, right? So it's it's unlikely that you're going to get called to start against Jamaica or start in San Jose if you've never really played a meaningful match for Mexico at senior level. I think that's why, if, you know, if we're 
building out what our ideal 11s would be or what the lineup we think Martino will field against Jamaica. I don't think they're going to be more than maybe two or three players from those Olympics, and you'd be including Guillermo Ochoa in that. Yeah, and that's right, why so- you see someone like Cata Dominguez stepping in too. Like, is he the most exciting central defender option? No, I, of course. I, would he be in any of our ideal 11s? Probably not. But is he is he a player that has, uh, you know, more significant in Mexican national team experience than a lot of those young guys? Most definitely, you know? And I, and I think that it's someone that you can slot in pretty easily. And uh, yeah, he's not the most exciting player, but he won't be overwhelmed by something like uh, these World Cup qualifiers. Right, we're slowly building up, building our starting eleven when we're talking right here in this. Uh, <laughs> this is my lineup that Cesar brought in. So I, I did four three three just in there. So uh, so we'll we'll. we'll uh, Which we'll what they'll play? That's exactly what they'll play. I mean, yeah, that, so, that, that, that is not gonna move away from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for it. I'm like four three three. So at the so what do we have? What do we have in the four, the four the back? Say on the left. So are we are we just saying like against Jamaica or like just are the best eleven? Because oh, I feel like there's gonna, there's gonna be some rotation. Uh, there's there's gonna be some rotations. Who, like the I don't Mexican soccer show star in eleven against Jamaica. That's where we're gonna put it. Who's on the left? Gallardo. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. We got Gallardo. And on the right, that's gonna be Chaka. Chaka, the, my main yeah. guy, Chaka. All right. We got I, the, I think do we, do we all agree backs? with that? Do we all yeah, think Araujo Montes? Araujo and Montes. Yeah. yeah. Man, your boy Montes, Cesar. We yeah, have that. Cesar. We have that. Might all, right, all right. Well, we haven't gotten into kind of going in a bit, but everyone knows it's Edson, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's probably like 100%. Let's see you know, when we have that. All right, all right. Let's go into um, – we're slowly, we're slowly moving it. Here we go. This is production, production. Continuing. All right. Eh, Jorge Sanchez, Sepúlveda, John Vázquez, we said it, Edson Álvarez, Roberto Alvarado. Then we started getting into the forward slash wing slash offensive. Antuna, Córdoba, Jonathan Dos Santos, Guardado, and Romo. I put more Pineda going up front. Charlie Rodríguez and Rodolfo Pizarro. Um, a few missing, as we know, Héctor Herrera still injured. From there, right? Or recovering. Also missing in the midfield. Yeah, recovering, yeah. Same recovering. thing with like Chucky, like, like either not 100% or just like recovering and just trying to find I thought the corner. Ch- I thought Chucky's ready to go. It's just that the team didn't let him. They, that both, they, felt, yeah. they, felt, they felt it was not necessary for him to have that much traveling right mm-hmm. after he's just recovering. He's just getting minutes, and that's why they didn't allow him to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're there. Guardado? Eh, uh, out of the three in the middle, I think it will be Alvarez Guardado and maybe Cordoba. Um, or, Cordoba. Or, or Jonathan Dos Santos. I don't see them moving away from the experienced players. Yeah, because I, I, remember, I remember I put up like what like I think how Tata sees his depth chart online. And like the one thing that everybody was giving me crap, I was like, why would you start Jonah? Why would you start Jonah? I was like, what was it? Whoa. I would have personally start Jonah. I do, <laughs> but what I do think is I think that Tata still like really. Jonah. Tata really does value John de Dos Santos, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one to two. I'm not gonna say three starts, but I, th- I think he's at least he's getting one one or two starts within these next three games. Potentially even starting, um, you know, this Thursday with Guardado. But I think like uh, like Carlos was saying, I am fascinated by Guardado and Cordova as well. So Guardado, Cordova, Edson. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think I think they're gonna go Guardado, Edson, Jonah. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah, but that's my guess. Jonah and Guardado, huh? I don't think that's a yeah. bad shot. I also, I, I think I'd prefer, I'd prefer Luis Romo in there instead of, yes. instead of Jonah. But that, and that's we'll, where uh, we'll see if that ends up. Wait, happening. Are we going, like, going with our, our? Wait, are we going with our best of what we think is going to happen? Uh, you're right, right, right. No, I, I think, think Romo Guardado. It's, I think it's as, as soon as Herrera's not there, Romo's in 100. percent the situation but, with the situation with Romo and Martino from the the matches that Romo's been with the senior side. It seems that Martino thinks of him more as a five, like as yeah. the backup yeah. to Edson. Then he sees him as yeah. kind of the yeah. roaming eight who can get into the box, score goals, maybe appear in attacking midfield positions, which I think is his best position, right? But I'm not sure that's where Martino will play him consistently and certainly would consider starting him against Jamaica. I think Jonathan Dos Santos is a player that's played a lot more for him and has been there kind of from the beginning 
scored the gold cup winner in 2019, a player that, that Martino trusts a lot. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Jonathan Dos Santos start there on Thursday, but I'd prefer to see Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you look at the options too, like within this roster, like when you look at the best D mid after Edson, like, yeah, what other could potentially play there? Yeah. Technically, you know, Jonah can play there too, but I think it's obvious that I think that that really does see Rombo as that backup D mid might even get a start in one of these three games as a D mid. But I also think that 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 probably sees Rombo as a potential, you know, right center mid uh, option as well. Not so that that's where he's going to get the most minutes, but I think he definitely prefers Romo as that demon. Our friends Liga MX Reddit, Guardado starts at this stage of his career. He can't he can't give you 90 minutes. And I see JD is coming in. I see that too. That that middle is everyone knows it's Edson. I think there could be some surprises there with but um and even hey, Guardado, Guardado captain Real Betis over the weekend against Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. If he could do yeah. that, I think I think he he'll be all right with Jamaica. <laughs> yeah. JD is never right, he's getting minutes. Romo isn't afraid to move the ball. Romo over Cordova. I definitely start Romo. He's really versatile. I, I, yeah, I'm going to go I mean, with... I'd start, yeah, I, I prefer Romo too. I, I, uh, but yeah, but I, I think I'll go Jonah. I mean, if, if you ask me, I think it should be it, it should be Edson Cordova and Romo. If I was playing them. Or Edson, Charlie, Edson Charlie and Romo. But again, also, Charlie, right. It's Charlie, good that, Charlie, there's Charlie it? Rodriguez who, we're complete, who we've forgotten about in this discussion who's but also... I, one of the players with the most minutes during the Tata Martino Martino Rodriguez has dropped a lot. Charlie Rodriguez has dropped a lot. You know what? I I I have I think he has dropped a little bit, but I will say uh in the game against uh Cholos, he he scored a goal. It was actually a very, very beautiful goal uh from Charlie Rodriguez. Maybe Orozco wasn't you know, didn't have the best positioning there. Maybe he could have had a chance to stop the shot, but I don't know. Who knows if a, if a goal like that, like a, a really impressive goal, can give him a boost boost in confidence. And he had another assist, and then he also had that shot that was really close to the post. Like he, yeah. I think the game against Tijuana was actually very good, and he's been playing yeah. very well ever since the Olympics. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a good level. And again, we're we're going to bite what I think <laughs> Tata Martino will actually end up choosing, not so much of who I, I would start, right? Well, yeah, and that's the sure. thing. It's three games: Charlie, Cordova. You know, Romo, you have a lot of options, which is good. Yeah, we have a lot of options and good options. I think, yeah, you know, I think it'll be great. It's perfect to have these games and then the November games, which, you know, Canada and and, and the U.S., where it's just two games. So, you know, your start 11 is going to be a start 11. All right, up front, starting with Rodolfo Pizarro. Rodolfo (laughs) Pizarro, everybody, Rodolfo Pizarro, once again, no matter what happens. (laughs) Exactly. He's no one from the MLS. I think he's. Uh, like his past few weekends, he's looked. I was, I was watching them at the Miami game. Once, cool. yeah, once again, it's just one of those players, just like he knows the system. Like, thought that could easily slot him in. Like, is he the most exciting option? No, but you know, in, in, a, in a world cup qualifier, like, I, I, I can see why you know, why thought that would want to want to want to bring him in. I don't, I'm not sure if he'll be starting. I, don't, I, I feel like Orbelin's onto something here, and I feel like Orbelin will probably start over him at left wing, but. I don't know. Maybe he'll get a start the second or third game. We got Pizarro. We got Tecatito Corona, who uh, we're still not sure. As of today, he's not flying the Mexican national team. Reports have him that he is finishing up um, either his transfer or, or I know that there was news about his future, mm-hmm. which if it comes out that he's staying in Porto, like once again, like... <laughs> Pretty disappointing. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Pretty disappointing. All right, you got it. You got Porto, but what would be that? So he's not in just yet. Um, Funes Mori, Raúl Jiménez, and we'll talk about Raúl right now. Uh, Henry Martin and Alexis Vega. I'm really excited to see Alexis Vega. We know exactly what you can do. We've seen it. You're doing well. Even the goal, like the the run at Chivas over the weekend after the Olympics. Um. I'm excited to see that. But uh, really quick on Raul Jimenez, there's still a chance, Carlos. We still have, could say that there's still a chance Raul Jimenez could make it. Yeah, Raul Jimenez can still make it, and Tecadito Corona can still make it because if, if he finishes the transfer um, tomorrow, tomorrow's the deadline in Europe for, for the transfers. If he finishes that off, he might spend a week there, but then fly for the other two games. He definitely will miss the, the game against uh, Jamaica for sure, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a chance. I still don't know. I it seems like the Tecatito move to Milan is actually happening. Yeah. From 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 what I heard, it seems like it's, it it is going to happen. And there's a chance that Milan might say like, "Well, you're new to the squad and whatever, just stay. Um, stay. You didn't mm-hmm. travel already. Yeah. You didn't." 
the negotiations with Wolverhampton uh, uh, for Raul Jimenez are still going on, and FIFA is actually also determining that mm -hmm. they might have a sanction on the team if they don't release him. So that also will be decided probably tomorrow, uh, the latest. But if that happens, I don't see Raul starting against Jamaica either, especially yeah. coming back from the injury. And he'll be there, and he'll he'll get you know again his reps with the team and, and get be, and be ready, but not definitely not for Thursday. Hey, for those that don't know, um, the EPL was like, hey, we're not having our players, not necessarily because they don't want them, because on the way back they have to quarantine for, for 10 days after, I think actually 14 days after mm -hmm. they've come back. So you could be missing, you know, 20 days. And, you know, there, so some of the teams are saying not to go into the red countries, which happen to be Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, <laughs> for, yep. for CONCACAF, which is yep. the group that the first ones. Um, so we're seeing that, but then, uh, there's already some players, especially South American players, um, that uh, said, screw it. I'm still going to go because <laughs> that's what we're doing. So right now FIFA is kind of fighting cause they're going to sanction the club. So we'll see what happens. Raul, um, I think he'll, I think he'll come, especially if there's other players in the, in the league and FIFA says you have to let them go. Um, yeah. but at the same time, it's a, I, yeah, it's it's a complicated, what, what does Raul want to do? It's that a complicated matter. matter too, because obviously what, you know, it's a, it is a health risk in the end, you know, and I think we, you know, it's important to, to, to keep that in mind. You know, the pandemic isn't over just yet. Salvador isn't, I don't know. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's randomized and not randomized. It's, it's very arbitrary how that list were, were made in the list that the, now there's going to be a joint list by the European Union, which the U.S. is US actually is on going, it, right? Yeah. It now, but it's, it's up to every, every country. And this is, go, go back to the lists of how they were made. The U.K. list has Mexico, Panama, Costa Rica, but not El Salvador, but the Spain one might have it, or the Italy one might have it. So it's very arbitrary. It goes country by country. They select basically who comes in and who comes out. Um, and, and that's the biggest problem. And that's also one of the things that FIFA, it's, it's fighting with, with the arbitration system that, you know, is these countries are doing it arbitrarily, especially because if you look at the numbers, for example, uh, the UK has had more cases in the past week than Mexico has. Yeah. Then they're doing the red list. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's very complicated. Uh, COVID definitely threw a wrench on everything. And, and it's just been a mess ever since. I mean, Florida and the South is pretty bad. So <laughs> when you put the US yeah. not on the list, yeah. it's, it's boom. All right, all right, all right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, continuing. So who do, who do we have on the up top? This will be interesting. I uh, think it's gonna be Orbelin. I think it's gonna be Orbelin, uh, yep. Funes Mori, and then Antuna. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Antuna on the right. Yeah. Supposing Tecatito can come, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Definitely for the first game. I mean, against Jamaica, there's no chance Tecatito is gonna make it. So. Interesting that like we all just go Antuna as a player, but for the national team, man, like he's starting in the first World Cup qualifier. But it's not so much if you really look at the other players, there's nobody else that plays that yeah. position like he yeah. does. And and he's actually being, you know, one of the Tata's most, you know, called and used players. And and I feel like besides, you know, the the, the European players, whether it's Linus or or it's Tecatito, there's nobody else who plays in that position like <laughs> as often unless you put Cordova there. Yeah, right. or you go, you put Roberto Arbelin. It becomes Messi versus Conca if I, you could, you could say so. I also, if if Linus is healthy, I much prefer Linus there as well. Um, yeah. I, to I, be the backup prior to Tecatito, right? But yeah. I think because of circumstances, Antun is playing there. And he has had some good performances in a Mexico shirt. Is is usually better in a Mexico shirt than he is with Chivas. So it's not, it's not the worst thing. I you don't think. have to remind me that. <laughs> yeah, to, have him, to, have him, to have him as your second or third option i don't in that yeah. position like, it's I, not, I wouldn't be surprised if alvarado gets minutes there as a sub but i don't i'm not entirely well, sure Vega. His, i'm not entirely sure if i think he's better on the left as a as a backup. agreed I don't know. that's I, where i'd I, see I think, I think that's where i see him. yeah i think alvarado i think i'm still not even entirely sure what his best position is but i don't think it's as that right wing i don't know if he's better as a center attacking midfielder if it's more of a a left center mid, maybe as a left winger. I think maybe he'll get some backup opportunities there. But I also, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if if Alvarado gets some minutes as a sub uh, on that right wing spot. I think we're going to see a lot of players play in the next three the next three games. Like yeah, it's gonna yeah. be, I know someone said, "Don't say rotaciones." 
but <laughs> that's what they're called. I yeah. mean, yeah, that's it, what, what it, it's, it's not like Osorio came up with them. They were he was just trying to explain them. <laughs> it, it was just because Osorio never had a, the same start in eleven. Like, like he was just like. You, you know what Man, it was? He, it was that it was that one gold cup. Was it the gold cup where he used a different goalie in every single? Yeah. Or was it, yeah. or was it the Copa America? Oh, it was the Copa America where he used a different goalie in uh, every group stage match, and people were just like, "That's too much. You've gone too far, man." Like, I, I think like, I think it was the goalies. <laughs> it was it was the goalie part when you're like, "Don't you at least have to have that?" And then players playing out of position. But hey, we'll just call yeah. them rotations now. We'll just call them rotations. <laughs> but hey, but hey, hey, it is. Um. All right, what do you what are we expecting for these matches, guys? How many points does Mexico come out of? Let's hear it. I I'm I'm actually not being optimistic, uh, as optimistic, and I'm expecting between five and seven points. Um, that's a big difference, five and seven. That could be somebody. Well, no, that's just that's just <laughs> that's just instead of tying the two away games, you win one of the away games. That's that's actually just the difference. Um, and you tie the home game. No, no, no. You win, you win the home game, but I'm not sure about the away game. Oh, games. you tie both of them. Yeah. There's a chance you could tie both of them, and you're still in a pretty good position. Um, or you win two, you tie one, just because you know there's so many games back to back, and the traveling, like there's a point where 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 it's gonna you know fall short. So it's just which which of these games is gonna be right. So I'm between the I five think... and seven point range. Uh, obviously, everybody's expecting nine, but I I still don't think that this in Costa Rica, even with these Costa Ricas, you see it in Panama, it's it's going to be easy. I think Costa Rica is the one that really has to be circled in red in terms of a, a yeah. chance of dropping points. Yeah. You were talking, we saw earlier about this being a weak Costa Rica. I would agree. And there is a new coach, but Mexico has played Costa Rica twice now in the last few months with the interim coach who I don't believe ever won a game, or if he won a game, it was his first game in charge and then went 10 or 11 games without winning any. Mexico tied both those games nil-nil. Or they actually, mm -hmm. okay, they won the one against Costa Rica in March 1-0, but it was a 90th-minute equalize or a 90th-minute winner. They had a lot of trouble breaking down Costa Rica in both those games. I would expect something similar on the field, and then you're also playing in San Jose away. I think that will be a tough match for Mexico to win. Yeah, agreed. And also, I think the big factor, too, is just like, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really that impressed by Costa Rica in the Gold Cup. But that was also Costa Rica without Kaylor Navas. And I think Kaylor Navas could be a huge, huge difference maker here uh, against Mexico. So I do think I I think I, I agree with Carlos when we're looking at the predictions from uh, these three games. I feel like the minimum goal for them should be five points. I I think I, I could I could imagine them beating Jamaica. I, I can imagine them getting a draw against Costa, Costa Rica and then defeating uh panelists so i'll go with them uh getting seven points though two wins i think we're gonna get two wins i don't know where um, <laughs> what are they <laughs> where whether it be in soccer <laughs> paralympics um i i yeah for, for me i think i think against jamaica well although it's there's no there's no there's not gonna be a crowd i think mexico's be pumped in pumped i think all the players coming in and I think we're going to get a win against Jamaica, especially it's not the best Jamaica. Then that Costa Rica team could be a tie. It's always hard going in there. I I don't see us losing any of the games. Yeah, at the very well, least, the, 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 the seven points and the five points is not losing any of the games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I'm thinking two, two games and not losing any games. So so we'll we'll see there. What here's where I'm at is if Mexico somewhat how fi finds a way to lose against Jamaica. And it's no, I think that's I think that's honestly I think that's gonna be their easiest game from these from these because just I mean if we thought yeah. that there was a little bit of a, we we thought it was a little bit of a mess uh like you know, Mexico's like you know sorting out the Raúl Jiménez situation or that Pecatito like Jamaica I mean I mean they just literally announced their roster what two hours ago from their yeah. you right. know I mean they, unfortunately for them they have a, a heavy reliance uh, uh on players from England I think from the gold cup roster i think like 10 uh were from england it was interesting even a few days ago on their instagram instagram account the jamaican football federation even had this like post that said like give us our boys hashtag make an exception <laughs> asking the british government or whatever the epl yeah. or someone to like relax yeah. rules and today we we saw that they announced jamaica's roster yeah there's like mikhail antonio is going to be there you will see something like you know ravel morrison you know we saw him over at atlas actually over in liga mechis but like a lot of those you know, England-based players are not going to be able to play against Mexico because of, you know, COVID restrictions. So you're going to have a weaker Jamaica, and you're it's also a Jamaica side that's just 
reorganizing or no, I shouldn't say reorganizing, but just really trying to settle themselves in a very, very short amount of time. So I, I feel like Mexico have zero excuses against, against Jamaica. I guess you could say the same for so many other CONCACAF opponents, but very much so this one. And, and the thing is that... That's the case for sure. And, and, and the thing is that historically, Mexico doesn't lose the games in the Azteca. They might drop one every like so often. And it's usually, again, might might be against... Like it happened against Honduras and against Costa Rica. That's it. But mm-hmm. in that qualifying uh, time that it was really close of not making it, it was a lot of ties at home. So you're going to face low blocks, you know, they're going to have exactly like Jamaica is going to bring a, a low block and, and just hang on to the goal. So then the, the key for Mexico and the, when they get desperate, it's not so much about losing the games. It's about not being able to win it and not being able to win it comfortably. Yeah. One of the things that I think is going to play in their favor is actually not having the fans in the stadium because they don't have to worry about the homophobic chain. They don't have to worry <laughs> about the boost. They, they can focus yeah. and try to break down the defense and they're not going to have that external factory of noise just like on them. So even if that's the case, it's, I think in, the, in this particular instance, opening the qualifiers, again, a team that has to reorganize and they're going to be full potential as, as good as the Jamaica team, I think it's going to be for these qualifiers in general. Being in Mexico with no fans is actually going to play in favor for the Mexican team. Yeah, no booze in what, like the 30th minute? Sometimes they show up that early. Like, or like, like in Guadalajara, like last Chivas game, it was like four four minutes into the game. That was it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they just touched the ball. No booze, no booze, but the altitude still. And if Jamaica, as yeah. we're thinking, will happen, are going to sit in a low block, going to do a lot of defending, a lot of chasing the ball, that's a favorable mm-hmm. situation for Mexico still, having some Maybe. of the home field advantage. And not having the Europeans is an advantage for them because you play players like Santi Jimenez or, or Cordoba or players who actually play in the Azteca exactly. consistently. Exactly. Now it's going to be a factor because there is a point where that stopped being the truth because there are so many players coming from the outside that is like the altitude is hitting them just as bad. It's not, it's not that it's actually going to happen. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. On spot from Carlos, Mexico becomes the worst enemy at the game, progresses, <laughs> desperation kicks in. Anor, Anor, who's actually taking a, a break, Anor was actually in charge of communications for the RGV FC down in the Rio Grande Valley. That's where I met him. And then he was with Cincinnati FC when the when the office opened. So big shout out to him. That's big always doing great work. USL world. That's cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, rolling that not having fans is now positive for Mexico. It's true. It I mean, we've, is, it's, not, it's not as bad <laughs> we've seen, we've seen those like World Cup qualifiers we're like what was it we're just like the last time around we're like the fans at the Azteca were starting to do the ole for like the opposing team mm-hmm. just, like what's going on <laughs> like like really like that's that's what's happening but it's not surprising that's, that's expensive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's expensive. Uh, and uh start a GoFundMe for Cesar <laughs> <laughs> What? That goes away. Goes away. He, doesn't need, he doesn't need better internet connection. He just needs to get closer to the modem. <laughs> Let's get close, get close, get close. I have like Ethernet cord. I should probably use that. I have written down. I have a pen. I had a pen. and I, I, I'm going to write it down right now. World Cup qualifiers, as you've seen, um, it's the beginning of World Cup qualifiers. I want to know you guys' prediction on who goes through to the World Cup. Like officially from you like all right these are this is who i'm expecting to go obviously i was gonna say mexico the u.s um but look at the schedule that's there yeah the problem is that there's a lot of things that can happen between now and march now if it was today if it was today today through the whole year no but i'm saying if it was today i would say the united states mexico canada and Honduras. today but that could yeah. change by November. <laughs> Look yeah. at the schedule that's there. Canada, think- Honduras, El Salvador, United States, Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, Jamaica. So everybody given Mexico, everyone agrees Mexico and US is going to be there. Unless something- I mean, can, I mean, can all of us agree that the top three is USA, Mexico, Canada? I mean, no. whatever. Or, I, no? I think oh. I think Honduras is a third. I don't think Canada makes the World Cup. I'm telling what? you, it's really yes, everyone's on okay. this high screen on Canada because they tied Mexico in the semifinals. No, it's not just because of that. They have a and, good and, roster. And everyone, and because and because they tied the U.S. I don't think Canada is as big as everyone. And I've got a lot of Canadian fans like on Twitter hating me for it. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying they're 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 like a they're now like a I'd, hugely important Concacaf team. I'm just saying they have a good enough squad to qualify for the World they've Cup. They've ne- just like Jose, they've never played in World Cup qualifiers. Going into Costa Rica, El Salvador, Mexico, United States, like I think it's going to be really hard for them to get any points outside. We're going to regret. So I think you're. Not, so yeah, yeah. you you can't. 
I agree. I think Canada is going to finish third as well. I think Canada goes directly to the World Cup. And the reason why I think that is not just because in isolation, you had you played well against the United States in the Gold Cup and you played well against Mexico in the Gold Cup. It's those performances, the general Gold Cup that they had, on top of the fact that you're missing Alfonso Davies in that tournament, you're missing Jonathan David, who are your two best players. And then you're also miss- you're missing Sile Lorin for the knockout stages as well. So you're missing you're missing your three best forward players for that entire for that entire gold cup or I think Lorraine injures himself in the United States match. Yeah. And then in the semifinal against the United States on top of that you're missing your captain, your probably your best center back, you're missing Ustaki in midfield who's become crucial for them. So you're missing about half a team of starters and crucial players on top of that. So I think Canada now John Herdman's been there now for a long time. He's one of the the co- I think of the coaches in CONCACAF in this octagonal outside of Whitmore, he's been there longer than anyone else in that setup. So there's a real understanding there about what the coach wants from them, maybe versus other teams where the coaches are kind of just coming in. And I think they've got the raw materials to to make a good run. And then to give my prediction, I think I think Costa Rica, I think still with the experience, Luis Fernando Suarez yeah. is a coach who got Honduras to the World Cup in 2014 who got Ecuador to the World Cup in 2006, is really experienced taking teams that are maybe unfancied to a World Cup. And there's still talent there in Costa Rica. Brian Ruiz is old, but he's still that that talent is still there. You've still got Celso Borges. You've still got Joel Campbell, Kendall Waston, Navas, as Cesar pointed out. These players haven't gone away, and they've been to World Cups. I think that's yeah. a big advantage yeah. over Honduras. Where Brian Oviedo. Right, Brian Oviedo right, right, as well. So, so you have... Mexico, U.S., Canada, Owen? Yes. Yeah, All and right. then Costa Rica. That's out of Mexico, yeah. U.S., Canada? Yeah, and I'm uh, just hoping I'm just hoping that Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies aren't listening to this, Wiso, because they're going to score, like, four goals against us. Like, they, I hope they are not listening to this, because, like, those guys are going to... They might get very furious we, out we, here. We, we, we've talked about Alfonso Davies before, though. I, oh, like, I do, Jesus. I, 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 I actually... But it's not... I'm, I don't... He's, uh, I actually, I actually did put, say that I had some crazy bold takes this summer. So she's reminding me. I mean, I, I saw in the comments a lot of people have Canada third. I don't see Canada I don't see third. I, I think Honduras takes that third place. Uh, okay. I, and they showed they they made it okay. really difficult for everybody in in the Gold Cup. It's the same group. They have a lot of players coming from that team that was on the Olympic qualifying that is very good. And I feel there's a lot of people who are underestimating them. And when you underestimate, especially Honduras, and again, because at some point they're going to have El, El, El Olimpico San Pedro Sula full with all that heat and the humidity and the people screaming, you can't, you can't sleep on Honduras. Uh, I don't think El Salvador is as well put together. They had a lot of problems with the Federation. So I don't see El Salvador actually being such a, such a powerhouse, especially at home as they used to be in other, in other times. And I could see Canada playing for that playoff spot, definitely. But I don't think they will be the third place. That's yeah. a good point about Honduras, because like I, yeah, because I think that with with Honduras, I mean, we're making assumptions out of this team that what had COVID issues during the Gold Cup. Mm-hmm. They had several, several, several injuries too, so they could be a strong candidate. And you know, if Albert Ellis like going forward, I, I don't think he's involved for this current uh, no. for his current call, but like going forward, I mean, he's a very good player. I know everybody makes jokes about the. You know the Chucky, you know Choco Lozano, you know, you know over there. But he's 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 still a great player. Good. Like yeah, Romo Kyoto is still like good player. Like they they've got they've got some talent there in Honduras. I'm a little worried about them <laughs> d- defensively, but fact <laughs> checker says Mexico, Panama, Salvador, Honduras, and playoff spot. You would say not in my top seven. <laughs> um, I I'm with you, Carlos. Too. I think it's either Honduras and Costa Rica. And I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna say Costa Rica just so we could all be different on this side. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good take. That's a good take. Uh, uh, because I do think I like that, that there's a lot of it yeah, there you go. down here. This is, the, <laughs> this is the Canada not making it to the World Cup. Well, Canada making it to the playoffs. Maybe, maybe they make it to the playoffs. Maybe. Okay. They could make it to the playoffs. But I, but I, I think Honduras and Costa Rica make it to the playoff. One of those. But I'll go with Costa Rica because of the experience. I think it's gonna be really hard for anybody to beat Costa Rica in El Nacional. And they've played everywhere else. And it's the same. Like, it's a very – there's some youngsters in there too. And you have a um, a coach that knows how to get teams to World Cup. You said it. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go with, with CR. Um, I just don't see – like, if we're looking at all the, mo- the hostile places, I think Canada's at the bottom of the list 
people mm-hmm. are going to go there and like, ah, it's not going to be that, you know, it's Vancouver <laughs> or it's everyone's so friendly. You know, it's like they're there. I feel like it's not when you go to Cuscatlan, El Azteca, you know, and the U.S. takes you to Alaska, which is not happening, but it, it <laughs> takes you to like some cold place like everywhere else. And I think Canada's at the bottom. Jamaica, you know, it's hot. Depends on when you're at, but um, but yeah. So that's that's where I feel like maybe Canada's not gonna. I think there's gonna be a lot of points that they're gonna miss at home, and they're not gonna get that many away. So I know the Canadians are gonna hate me, but also Jamaica's gonna be a wild card. I know Mexico. I'm saying that they they have no excuses against Jamaica, but and I know it might be a little difficult for them because you know COVID restrictions, but. I mean, with their full squad and their full roster, like they could potentially cause some trouble. And I wouldn't be surprised if they sneak in uh, at, at fourth. I'm not going to say a top three spot, but maybe at the end of all this, I would be surprised if, if Jamaica are also in fourth. I don't think so. The, the situation with Jamaica that you have to keep in mind, in addition to the, the question of will they be allowed to field Mikel Antonio, some of these other really important players, you know, will this be an issue? in October, in November, in future windows moving yeah. forward in this octagonal process. On paper, you're looking, okay, if they can feel the front three of Mikel Antonio, who's been incredible at West Ham so far in the Premier League, Leon Bailey, who's done it at Leverkusen, has now earned a big money move to Villa, and then Bobby Reed, who was good in the Gold Cup, was in the Premier League last year with Fulham. That's a scary front line to have to deal yeah. with. But then you're also saying, okay, Antonio has never played for Jamaica. A lot of these big players don't have that yeah, much. Yeah. You know, a lot of their that's big true. names, sure. the cavalry that's getting called and have no experience with Jamaica, right? Yeah. And, and and subsequently, the players who are the rest of the players in the squad have no experience playing with them, maybe having to get used to Whitmore's tactics, Whitmore getting used to those players. So there's a betting in process that you don't have any time for, right? There's no friendlies mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to now, okay, how are we gonna play for Antonio? How is Antonio going to get used to his teammates? You're going to have to throw him into World Cup qualifiers, which is a blessing in a sense for Jamaica that they can call on these players, but it's also an added difficulty from a tactical perspective. Oh, that's definitely. And not only that, but, yeah. but when you got to manage the minutes, if, if you have those three games back to back to back, the Premier League is still not going to like for them to go all out. And even the player thinks about it. And the problem is the big drop off you have a quality between that front three. And a Michael and then, Antonio, yeah. and who's behind him, because yeah. when you don't have big, such big of a drop off, it's a little different, it's a little better. But I think that's going to be the problem with Jamaica to sustain. Like they might have a really good showing, and then the next one not look so good, and and, and there's going to be a lot of questions like why it's happening, especially because of that management. Uh, somebody was asking if we see the U.S. and Mexico being at top of uh, qualifying. I'm going to say it today, and I don't want everybody to hate me. I know we're all Mexican. And we're I don't think we're going to be first, but the U.S. is going to be first on this qualifying. I think. But that doesn't mean that you're not gonna get a ticket. Honestly, all I care is I like is, is a Mexico qualifies. I think <laughs> that's, all, that's all I care. That's all I care. There's priorities. The U.S. The US, is, gonna be, the US is gonna be a very very smart. They're gonna have it's. They're gonna play for those points. They're it's. It's 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 that time of the U.S. now that the U.S. does a really really good job is qualify. They'll get the points where they need it. They're not gonna try to make a statement anywhere, and they'll be probably at first. Mexico will falter one, but. It's like Mexico could get a win in, in the U.S. for qualifiers, but they'll still lose a game somewhere. Maybe not Aztecaso, but drop like three points on the road somewhere. Like, But I, I definitely am with Carlos there. It just seems like the U.S. is just trying to make a statement. Um, you know, I, I think we'll be in the quinto partido, but, you know, we're not getting there yet. Um, I, I wanted to – yeah, you know, that's a question. That's where I go. I think Mexico will still – Mexico will qualify third, second, have the U.S. first. It doesn't matter as long as we're there. It's, Cesar and yeah. Owen, do you think uh, Mexico will be at the top? I think, I think so. Uh, Hist- yeah. History would tell us that no. So 1994, they qualified first. Then from there the until time. the last qualifying cycle, they failed to qualify first, right? Last qualifying cycle, they finally did again. But I think the key factors on paper, you're looking at the names that the U.S. can bring. You'd expect them to finish first. I think the question mark there is the experience and the familiarity with the qualifying process. Burhalter's never been there and done that. Most of the players haven't been there either. Most of the players weren't there in the 2018 qualifying cycle. So it's a completely new experience for them, whereas a lot of the Mexico players have been to multiple World Cups. I think that could end up being a factor. We'll have to see. 
But so I would you, expect, you Mexico, I huh? predict Mexico finishes first. Oh, Owen. I, th- I think yes, Mexico, no. Mexico finishes first, but honestly, just as long oh. as they're within the top three, I, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I don't think it's any, like, maybe I'm, I'll be proven wrong here by someone who actually looks up the stats, but I don't think finishing first, second, or third is an actual indicator of how well you do in the World Cup. Immediately no, not at all. We was war- finish- no. I think yeah, yeah. the so, worst qualifying yeah. that we've had in the last 25 years is our best World Cup yeah. uh, in 2014. So, yeah, yeah. Not, I, not I, at all. Yeah. I got yeah, I I to throw in this from our friend yeah. uh, Afro I- Ivan's. <laughs> is U.S. going to call up Jake Paul as a goalkeeper? All right, let's <laughs> not win today. Good job, Ivan. Follow him at Afro Zander on Twitter. Hilarious. Great writer, too. Um, wait, I think Amy... I want to get her take before because then she'll be like, "You said this." So hold on a second. Let me see if our production. Amy, you there? I know you're on there. There she is. Um, we uh, just no, need your prediction. <laughs> we just need your prediction. No, uh, why do you put me on the show? I don't give predictions. That is my rule. Yes. I don't give predictions because then I can prove you wrong and you your bad prediction. <laughs> what are the four teams? That three teams that are going to make it. Mexico's Mexico, not going to make it. It's not even that. Plus three. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> this is why we bring him back. All right, fine. All right, fine, Amy. Fine, we won't get there. <laughs> She's out. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, Mexico qualifies limping and bleeding, but I won't care. That's that's how that's how it is. Um, hopefully, we won't need Vasco Gear to save Mexico again, and we will be happy. There is a percentage of and he's close by just... now. He's close by now, right? There's, like, a, there's <laughs> a percentage. <laughs> Two balls and a mic are friends. Another podcast. There's a percentage that does have like this five point five percent that Tata is not gonna is gonna just be stubborn and then just go. What am I doing? Because the qualifiers. I don't know. There's a little bit of because I kind of saw that with the gold with the Nations League with the Gold Cup and everything just kind of. And remember what happened to Chepo. I mean, there's always no guarantee. The thing is that there's no guarantees in soccer. We're, we're talking about from what we're looking mm-hmm. at, the rosters and what they look today. But there's no guarantees. I mean, the Chepo de la Torre spent like, what, two years and a half undefeated. Amazing. And then all of a sudden, the three games he had to win, he tied them. And, and, and that's what happened. So I don't know. Things can unravel that. very, very quickly uh, as a, as a, right. when you're in Mexico. And there's no, there's no, the honeymoon period is also over for Tata after this summer. I think yeah. that's, that's a potential yeah. worry for Mexico. I think given the given the way the Mexican press can be and how important these games are, I think even if Tata had gone the first two and a half years undefeated and had won both of the tournaments this summer, a couple of bad results in World Cup qualifiers and the knives will be out. But the knives will be quicker to come out now given what's happened this summer. And I think that yeah. could end up being a distraction. You don't want to have to change coaches in the middle of the process. We hope that doesn't happen, but uh-huh. it's it's a possibility. Right. And if that happens, that that's obviously a problem for Mexico and it means things aren't going yeah. well in World Cup. I don't saying that USA will continue to struggle on the road. I I don't think they'll be finishing on top. Having CONCACAF club based players has its benefits. So um I still haven't seen this USA team be an amazing team and beat anybody that's good. I feel like we beat ourselves, and maybe that's just because the fandom's coming in. But even the Gold Cup, I haven't I, they you know, I have not seen it. They, it was it was it was a penalty kick that Guardado missed. Everyone's on this hype train of the USA. That's actually really, really good because if Mexico would have won the Gold Cup, the pressure on them, like now the U.S. has some pressure to do well in World Cup qualifying. Now Pulisic and company who, you know, missed out in the, in the World Cup four years ago, they have to perform. So um, I think Mexico's do well against the U.S. I'm not saying we're going to take the six points on both of them, but I don't see it in Aztecaso. And I think it's going to be a really good game in Nashville because uh- no excuses. I think that's a game that is going to decide why it goes on top or not. Because yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't see Mexico yeah. taking all the points points away on the road either. Uh, and that's going to be the so the decisive factor is going to be who wins that home. Because if the U.S., which is completely capable of it, because you already showed it, it doesn't matter if you beat yourselves. It's it's the same thing. Doesn't You're matter. still facing that same team. If they're able to win the game at home and tie in Mexico, which they've done it before, the if point. there's like a one-one tie in Mexico and they win the one in Nashville, that's it. That's going to push them on top. And yeah. that's how I see it. I, I feel like there's there's a little, you know, jump that Mexico has to do mentally to to beat this U.S. team, especially after the two games that happened in the summer, to actually, you know, go ahead them. If if they can beat them in Nashville or pull a tie or pull a tie in Nashville, then Mexico will definitely be at the top of the Also, state. it's 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 in Cincinnati, isn't it? It's Cincinnati. It's, yes. Yeah, it's well, confusing. Yeah. It's, it's with, all, with all those expansion teams. It's like, Cincinnati. It's, uh, like it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. It's a little bigger than, than Nashville, I think, right? A little, the stadium is a little bit 
a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think the pressure is on the U.S. and Mexico places the U.S. first, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, in Nashville, so it's after it's Cincinnati. 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 <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying keep saying Nashville. You wanted them to go to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's go. We'll have it there. All right. Yes, and we're saying Cincinnati. All right. All right. All right, we've gone a little bit over an hour. Lots of people on the chats. Lots of people watching us. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Carlos, you said you had some some news. You're gonna let us know. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. It'll be coming up. So now we're all static. See what Carlos is right. Um, I'll be heading over over there and um, for the first game in Jamaica and Mexico. I'll be traveling on Wednesday. I also have some some cool news working with um, CBS as an associate producer down there. Uh, so yeah, it'll be kind of nice. maybe my first time nice. working nice. with uh, with them and bringing some cool content stories. Uh, and hopefully we see some on the future. But I know that uh, there's so many ways that you can watch the game. I know Univision will have them. Telemundo will have the other two, right? In Spanish, Carlos. Yeah, that is correct. We're we'll, going to have uh, both the games against Costa Rica and Panama. And obviously there will be like an hour and a half preview that that we got prepared for you. Well, we 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 in general uh, it will be the, those games. Is it uh, Cantor? Cantor, Cantor Emanuel, and Emanuel. Uh, as well as, as, as Hermosillo, and then obviously the preview with Ana Yurka and Miguel Gurwitz, kind of like on the hub, because those are not the only games we have. Actually, our yeah. coverage starts on Thursday with El Salvador against the U.S., so you want to watch that one in Spanish, too. Um, we'll be having it because we, we have all the qualifiers for all the Central American teams, so that, stay I'm tuned with us. The Olympics, I thought you guys did an amazing job. Telemundo did an awesome job. It was through, uh, you know, you, you hear Andres's voice in the qualifying, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's 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 important like when you hear and especially telemundo team um and manuel sol too awesome guy great great guy who, who calls it good job on the on the english side i mean you also have to the na and adriana works at to the na and throw throw some in there all the things that, that, that they do uh, we're all coming together here on the cbs side lots of new voices um and uh, now they're they're putting in a little more mexican uh obviously they have the mexico game and uh Janely farias is going to be on the field i'll be over there doing some produ- from production for them um, you're gonna have some, uh, hopefully PBA, some some fans and some fan stories that I'm trying to get uh, the people to see. So lots and lots of cool things. And then I think they also have the other games too. Actually, I'm pretty sure they do in mm-hmm. English. Um, so um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. So let us know. Uh, Carlos always does some cool shout outs. So if you're watching Chivas games, <laughs> uh, definitely, I'm in there. Definitely. Uh, the, the, you, you, if you send me a message during the week or right before the game or even during the game, you know it's always there. Amy is telling us that she's got to go because she's got her own game. So the production is we, – we're running now free. How uh, We all have that. All right. Uh, Carlos, welcome back. Um, qualifiers are here, so here we go. We're going to keep doing these live shows. Thank you so much for being on the chat. Thank you for sharing it. Owen up in Boston and then our buddy Cesar, who i uh, known for a long time. I mean, this is another qualifying game. This is our third qualifiers. Cesar. Yeah. Our third, our third qualifier is here on the Nashville soccer show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll talk to you all later. Adios, everybody on the chats. Hasta la próxima.